Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. And my roof needed some repair. And I actually had three roofing companies come out, look at my roof, and give me an estimate on it. Needless to say, it seems like, well, the first one... Once they found out that I didn't want to get the whole roof done, I never heard back from them. The other two companies more or less were the same way, and they didn't just want to, you know, fix a section. Well, lo and behold, I met this young gentleman named Joe Ayler, who owns Tar Heel Construction Group. He came out, he looked at my roof, and basically took care of everything. And the work that his crew did was phenomenal. But the main thing is they take pride in doing what they're doing. I mean, they got up there. These guys, it was amazing. It was like watching artists at work. They literally took that much pride into what they were doing. Afterwards, of course, you know, I was getting ready to go into the backyard and pick up some of the debris and everything. And these guys said, no, 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 we have it. Let, let us clean everything up. And they did. They went throughout my whole yard and actually even next door and picked up you know, all the trash they could see, went around with the sweeper, picked up the nails or whatever. But that's just shows how much they care about the customer as well. So if you want to get a new roof, new siding, new windows, chimneys, gutters, whatever, I, I encourage you, please call Tar Hill Construction Group. Their phone number is 410-638-7021. Again, that's 410 410- 638-7021 and you can also go online at tarheelconstructiongroup.com that's tarheelconstructiongroup.com and when you call them tell them Rich of Harford County Living sent you when I started doing the Harford County Living podcast years ago I was criticized by some other people that have done podcasts and some that haven't uh, stating that I should be doing it in a soundproof room. And, of course, my take coming from, you know, the radio background was, you know, when we did remotes at clubs, restaurants, or whatever, we weren't in a soundproof room. You know, the whole thing is to just get the message across. That's what I do this for. I want to get the message across. Well, we decided to try something. And Lyle Garrity, who has done, you know, several of these with me, He and I have talked about doing a podcast in a town hall setting. 
In other words, to where people can ask questions. Not a debate, not a political debate or anything like that. You know, just have one of our, you know, some of our guests on. Have them talk about what they do, and if anybody had any questions, then they could ask. Well, thanks to Dr. Moy and the Harford County Health Department, they liked the idea, so they said, well, let's try it. And this episode of Harford County Living is our first town hall podcast. And we actually set up at Level Fire Department, and it was it was different. It was pretty neat because you know we had the microphone set up for the podcast, but because they had over I think it was 130 people there, we had to use a sound system to actually talk through that so people would hear us. And you know, granted, I know I could have plugged into the sound system somehow or another, but I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to try this, you know, simple little approach. And to me, I I think it worked. The idea was it got the message across. We did have a few questions. And the thing is, because this was all employees there, we don't think we got as many questions as, say, if we would have done it with the community. And that's something we're going to start doing. You're going to see more of these town hall podcasts where we invite the community to actually come and join in and we'll have some special guests on. Now, the difference is we will be doing the interviews this time, unlike on this podcast where we have people from each department of the health department or each bureau of the health department um, talk about what, they're, you know, what they do. So a lot of employees already knew that. But with this, in the future when we do the town hall podcast, we'll have different guests on there and you know, the crowd can ask questions. The audience can ask questions, and I think that'll go over very well. Another thing I want to do, I want to thank everybody again for voting us as Harford County's favorite local podcast. We appreciate it, and hopefully we'll be your favorite for years to come. So enjoy this podcast. It's with the Harford County Health Department, our first town hall podcast. the Harford County Living Podcast with Rich Bennett. Thank you for coming and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorites RRS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's join Rich Bennett and his special guest. Because usually it's only 
like five or six people in the room. So I will turn it over to Rich. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Feel free to speak up or whatever. Um, it'll pick you up. Lyle and I have been talking about doing a town hall setting, so Dr. Moy was gracious enough to say, hey, try it with us first. So you guys are the guinea pigs. When we started the podcast with the health department, at first I was amazed at how many people in the county didn't even realize what the health department does and how many different departments there are and everything else that you guys do. I was shocked even more when I found out that some of you that work here in the health department don't know what the other departments do. And that was one of the reasons we're doing this. So, you know, I'm going to have each person go around and introduce themselves, tell them what department they're from and what they do. And if you have any questions for them, just, you know, please stand up. We'll bring the microphone to you. Because the more you ask, the more the people in the county and, and everywhere else are, are going to know. With that said, I'm going to bring it over this way, and I'm going to run out. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm Julie Macker. I'm the Director of Environmental Health. Um, we are located um, in Bel Air at 120 South Hay Street on the second floor, in case you've never come by to visit us. We have one of... Um, we have a very diverse group in environmental health. We cover areas um, from consumer protection, um, which includes your food inspections. Um, we go out to restaurants. We do pre-permit plan. We do um, plan review for new restaurants before they open, and we inspect them before their doors open to the public. We do routine food inspections for licensed food facilities. This could be your uh, chain restaurant or your local mom and pop shop. Um, and we also handle temporary food permits for your events, such as carnivals, um, uh, weekend art festivals, um, you know, the, the, the nonprofit groups raising money. If you're ser serving food to the public, some way, somehow, we're involved with it to ensure that the food is served properly on um, the right temperature, it's coming from an approved source, and your practices follow the regulations um, that we enforce. Um, and probably people are most common with the health department, um, when there's a, a problem at a restaurant or you get sick and you, you assume it's from the restaurant, so you're going to call in complaints to our office. Um, so that's probably what you're most familiar with. Um, then we also have a community hygiene group, which handles rabies and vector control. Um, we investigate bite reports and ensure that proper procedures are in place um, to prevent rabies. Um, we also do pool inspections, camps, and handle nuisance complaints. Um, we get a lot of complaints, especially this time of year when people are out and about. Um, you're outside in your yard and you notice maybe the, the house down the street has a lot of, uh, you know, maybe solid waste, debris. Um, we get those complaints and we work closely with the county to uh, correct it and work with the homeowner. Um, we also do resource protection, which is more of your water quality um, 
type of things. Um, in that group, we do subdivision plan reviews, so we're going to work with engineers and surveyors before they um, develop a piece of land. Um, we do perk testing. Perk testing, if you don't know, is um, our way to design a septic system. So we're going to look at soils, we're going to dig holes, and see how long it takes water to percolate through. Um, it's an it's a interesting science. I mean, it's you're watching water go through a hole, but it, it gives us a lot of information. We look at soil profiles to determine if the septic system is going to work in the area. Um, we handle well permits and do water quality. So um, a lot, you know, a, a, there's a lot of. Um, properties in Hartford County that are on well and septic that utilize our office and our services that we provide. Um, so we're going to review location of wells, the quality of the well, ensure that it's installed properly. Um, and then we also um, inspect the septic systems when they're installed to ensure that they meet uh, you know, the regulation that we're enforcing. Um, we handle I'm sure I'm missing something. Um, oh, building permits. So whenever a building permit is applied for at planning and zoning, and that's it at the county, um, if it's on if it's residential on well and septic, we review it, um, and we also review all commercial building permits that come through the county. So um, not only are we working closely with um, state agencies such as Maryland Department of the Environment and Department of Health. But we're also working very closely closely with our county um, county divisions. Uh, what well, we have planning and zoning, building permits, um, inspections, licensing. So we, we work very closely with all of those different agencies. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something because we handle a variety of things. But that's that's a snapshot of what environmental health does day to day. How many of you all knew that? Somebody didn't know that. Oh, come on. I'm the only dumb one? I was shocked. When, when I first, uh, I think we did food, right? Yes. And I was shocked about the needing a permit to for a nonprofit grilling out somewhere. Because I'm with the Lions Club. Lyle and I are. That's one of the big things we do. We love grilling and smoking and all that. Smoking meat, in other words and all that stuff, so I was shocked about that one. No questions whatsoever. Oh, go ahead. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So, um, I live in a small circle, and we have one neighbor who has cut a lot of trees and has, does not want to pay for trash pickup. So he likes to burn all summer long. And I, he goes to bed at night with the fire still burning. Okay, and, and one night it was like over 40 feet high. I'm running down the road in my nightgown banging on his door <laughs> asking him to put it out. And he told me that there was no need to put it out because the grass was wet. So are there any rules or would your department handle something like that? that I could actually let him know that yes, you cannot have open burning during this period. Yes, so. I'm surprised nobody from the fire department came running right. out for that one. So I, I was gonna say first, 
if there's a hazard or you're, you're afraid of a fire, um, call the fire department first. Um, secondly, yes, we do issue burn permits. Um, we don't issue campfire permits, so if you're going to have a little campfire in your backyard, that's different. But if you're burning debris and trash, something that you're, you're, you're suggesting, um, I would bring it to our attention. Um, we can investigate, um, and if, it's, if they're able, they can pull a permit for open burning, but there's a lot of stipulations that we have to evaluate before we would issue a, an open burning permit. Um, if he's, if this property is in like a subdivision close to other homes and close to a roadway, I, I don't think uh, open burning permit would would uh, you would be able to get that. But I think that you would want to bring it to our attention so we can evaluate it. Any other questions? Oh, go ahead. I'll come to you. It's all right. You can sit down. I just want to know: Are complaints anonymous? Well, when we receive the complaint, we may ask for your information so we can contact you, you know, to further, uh, to ask further questions, but we always keep the complainant's name anonymous to, to the property or the facility that you're complaining about. Um, it's not something we want to share. We're, we're trying to investigate to find out what's going on. We're not here to get in between, um, you know, two entities or two neighbors. Um, we really want to keep your you know, you anonymous. Hi, everybody. I'm Mary Jo Beach with Bureau of Family Health, um, formerly of the Care Coordination Division. So um, we added a few more programs to our programs. And for those of you um, that know the Family Health Bureau or what we've done in Care Coordination in the past, um, we provide services across the lifespan. Um, we home visit. We work with families telephonically. Um, we go where the families are. We go into the homes. We'll meet someone at the library. And we pro provide a variety of services um, as far as care coordination and for um, all the programs. So I'm going to go through individually each program. Um, environmental health is located in, in one location. Our programs are all over in all the different health departments that we have in locations. So the first one I want to talk about is our MCHIP. That stands for Maryland Children's Health Program, and that's really a misnomer because we are working with um, families, uh, helping them access health insurance, uh, low income, the, if you um, see the affordable health care, um, our staff are now, we're at um, the parole and probation, we're in the detention center. We will come to the individual for someone that's homebound, help them apply for um, Medicaid or for insurance. We are at the locations in the Bellar office. We have four staff now that can see clients. Uh, we're in Woodbridge, we're in our Swan Creek that we can help our WIC clients that are in um, the Swan Creek office. Um, so everyone needs insurance, and we all know that healthcare is driven by insurance. So that's why I always look at that as the first, first thing, and the first question we always ask someone, what type of insurance or do you need help with insurance? And with that, we refer it internally to our MCHO program. So once you have insurance, um, 
the, there are several programs we offer in the Bureau of Family Health that um, are Medicaid. One is the Medical Assistance Transportation Program, and that's how do I get to my appointments. Our other programs within the Bureau of Family Health, we always ask, it's probably a second question, um, do you have access to get to your appointments? We can help people um, with insurance, but if you don't have a way to get to your doctor and you have Medicaid, then um, we have a program. We provide cabs, passenger vans, wheelchair, and ambulances. Another question we ask, um, if you have Medicaid, you're eligible for WIC, and WIC is Women, Infant, and Children's Program. We have locations, um, our WIC program uh, are located in our Woodbridge office, Have to Grace, and also Cecil County. We work along with our Cecil County partners in that. One of the other, um, Care Coordination Plus. So. If, if we think about um, the insurance as an entry into health care for our health department, so how do I access that? And we have a program called Care Coordination Plus. Uh, we have nurses um, that are involved that will help you access services. Um, they will telephonically meet with clients in person, um, and they try to link them internally to our health department programs and also resources in the community. Um, they, again, are all over the county. They can come to your home or they can um, meet you at the library um, on, at different offices and just assist you with accessing care and linking you with resources. One of our other Medicaid programs, uh, we provide services in the community uh, for children. If you have lead, um, an elevated lead between five and nine, and that's diagnosed usually by your doctor, um, and also asthma. And we think of asthma as moderate to severe, but there are other qualifying um, conditions that would qualify you. But again, this is one of our Medicaid programs. We have uh, nurses that are called environmental um, case managers and community health workers that will also um, home visit. Their goal is to eliminate uh, the environmental um, triggers in your environment. So many times um, they will bring out, they'll, they'll first assess your home to see what triggers are there, try to eliminate those triggers along with you, work along with your doctor, we, we work along with the primary care doctor or the pediatrician, and um, they'll bring out green cleaning kits, they'll help you clean. Um, we'll also try to eliminate if there's holes or, or ways that rodents um, are coming in the home, assist the families and assist you with eliminating those barriers. That again is a Medicaid program. Um, <clears throat> we also, all of our services uh, with Medicaid, we link to their dental clinic. Our dental clinic are for children from birth through age 20 and pregnant women who are enrolled in medical assistance. We do other programs as far as in the schools. You may see our dental clinic staff out in schools doing sealants. Some of our other programs we offer in the Bureau of Family Health again are for children. Is our hearing and vision screening? I think that's a question. If you have children in elementary schools, the schools in Parker County, the school nurses conduct the hearing and vision. 
in our county by Maryland law, if it's a state approved non-public school, once a year we offer hearing and vision um, for those students. We have about 42 such state approved um, non-public schools. We offer that families can reach out to us and come in and have their hearing and vision for their children tested. We usually do that now in May and um, it's for children. We don't take the place of their pediatrician. We will refer back to their primary care or their pediatrician, but it's just a screening tool that we use. We also offer for children, um, this is for any children in our county who don't need Medicaid, but if you have an elevated lead, that's um, 10 um, micrograms per deciliter or higher, we offer a nurse um, to contact you, work with our Maryland Department of Environment, and um, work with education. If it's a rental unit, we, we assist you with your rights as, and, and also if you are the owner, your rights as an owner. Uh, and again, that program, that lead, the lead, we call it the lead poison follow-up program, uh, works very closely with our lead and asthma program that I was talking about earlier. We offer also um, home birth verification. I'm trying to touch on some programs that you probably haven't heard me talk about before, but the home birth verification, this is when women have planned births with no license attended. And what we do is we gather the documents and verify the facts of the pregnancy. And it's required by Maryland law. And we, um, we were discussing the other, thing, but it does go to our health office to sign out. We offer a maternal and infant home visiting program. We have a very small home visiting program um, that we provide nursing, a nursing home visitor. Uh, the idea is that we do conduct an assessment. We look at the environment, um, try to link uh, new moms that are referred to us with our community partners again. We, um, we will do a, a depression screen. We connect them with our behavioral health clinics. Um, we do a, a, a safety like are you safe and then is the environment safe for the child as well um, we have school-based school-based clinics um, that's a partnership with the Harford County uh, Board of uh, Harford County Public Schools and we we have nurse practitioners that are in the schools maybe one day a week they're in our title one schools in our county and the nurse practitioners Again, we don't take the place of their primary care. Our goal is to get individuals insurance, but it's really to be there so that the child um, can return to school or um, may need that, just that ear check that day. Um, we're in communications with the providers, send instructions home to the parents, and um, it's again, it's, it's an avenue where we can make sure our kids are successful in school. The newest thing, uh, we talked about care coordination being the point of entry into our services in our care coordination area. But we also have a new, I think Dr. Moy talked about Megan's Place earlier, and this is going to be our point of entry for pregnant women, um, at risk, pregnant or postpartum women and their families. And what we're going to offer is take all the lessons that we've learned from our other programs and provide that in a snapshot or a, or a service to clients. 
So they would receive the care coordination, they would receive that linkage with women's um, infant and children's program or with our family planning, behavioral health, all the other services. So we have we will essentially have two points of entry. Once you have, you know, once you've been screened for insurance, you can come into our care coordination um, as a point of entry and with our hospital partners, or you can come in through Megan's place if you're pregnant or at risk and you have families. Um, at, at Megan's Place, we there are initial programs for Healthy Families, which is an evidence-based home visiting program, and that's offered across our county. We started just um, in the Aberdeen area, and recently, with, if you have, have Medicaid, we're now expanded to the whole county. We're offering um, that again to all women um, pregnant. We um, start services prenatally. And then uh, after, up until the age, we, we can um, add clients up to the age of three months. And we also offer, for some, um, some of you have heard, have asked or have been invited to um, what we call a child fatality review boards. Um, and that's again part of the Bureau of Family Health. We're looking at systems um, and systems like it's, it's really how can we prevent this tragedy or this incident from happening. Sometimes there's not a solution. Sometimes there's things that we can try to move through in our community. And we're looking at maybe this would be something that maybe Megan's Place could be part of. So you'll be hearing more and more as, as that develops. And the last program that um, was the co-founders, co kind of co the programs were offered first at Megan's Place is Healthy Families Recover, and that's um, that health department's committed to recovery of pregnant postpartum women with substance use disorders, and um, we have a peer recovery specialist that will be um, located in our maintenance place. And I think that's it. So, thank you. Does anybody have any questions? I try to highlight programs we haven't, we haven't spoken about before. Okay, so now I'll pass to Posey. Hi, I'm Posey Thompson. Um, I'm the director of the Care Coordination Bureau. I've been in this position for about three weeks, so this is my first time trying to give a spiel on what these programs do. So I suspect I'm going to fumble around a good bit. So the three programs in the Care Coordination Bureau are AIRS, which is Adult Evaluations and Review Services, uh, ACCU, the um, Administrative Care Coordination Unit, and a nurse monitoring program. And um, I'll start out with ACCU, which is a mandated program um, to help uh, families access medical assistance, and once they've accessed medical assistance, to follow up with them, educate them as to what different MCOs are available to them, help connect them with the MCOs, and um, make sure that they are connected with a primary care provider or if it's an obstetrical case with a obstetrician. Um, in addition, it has an ombudsman program. So if we have clients that have um, difficulties with their MCO that they don't know how to handle, they can call and um, our case coordinators, our case managers will help um, facilitate and resolve issues that they have with their providers or with the MCO. By the same token, we also sometimes have providers that come to us to um, 
let us know about uh, patients who have been non-compliant or have dropped out of service and that they are concerned about. So, and that's a, usually a pretty short-term program. You know, our goal is to get people in, get them connected. Um, and then if we also have time, we also want to provide education to our providers in the community so they know exactly what uh, the benefits are from Medicaid. Um, adult evaluation and review services, we take referrals from a number of different um, outreach uh, organizations, um, but we frequently work with the Office on Aging. However, we don't just serve an aging population. We serve people who have disabilities, um, chronic illnesses, and these are people who want to be able to stay in their home or step down from an um, institutional placement back into the community. So we do have some children that we see as well, so sort of a, a little bit of a misnomer. Um, there are standardized assessments that our case managers do that come in. Um, if the folks qualify, then they can be assigned to a care coordinator who will do a plan of care. And that plan of care is then followed by our nurse monitoring program. And people can refuse that service, but if they accept it, there's someone who's going to track the family for every 90 to 120 days, make sure that they're getting the services that are, are um, driven by their care coordination plan, make sure that they're happy with their services um, via support system. And then if they refuse that service, we will still come in um, annually and review and make sure that um, the providers are providing what they need to for um, our folks. So I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. Keep it short and sweet. Does anybody have any questions? If I can answer. <laughs> Actually, it's not a question. I just wanted to say thank you for your help. I have a friend who's handicapped. She's unable to leave her home anymore, and the stress of trying to make it to her doctor's appointments because she's diabetic was actually raising her blood pressure and causing an additional problem. I called and asked if there was a doctor that could possibly come to the home to help her, and I got the information immediately. She's already seen the doctor, and she's extremely happy with the doctor, and no longer has blood pressure problems. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Good job, Rosie. <laughs> you passed. Hi, my name is Andrea Pappas. I'm the acting director for the Bureau of Behavioral Health Services. So um, I oversee three different programs, the Division of Behavioral Health for Adults, Division of Behavioral Health for Youth and Adolescents, and our Local Addictions Authority Program. So for our Adult Services Division, we provide outpatient mental health and substance use treatment to individuals, adolescents, as well as adults, um, we have geriatric patients, so we have we serve everyone. Um, we provide level one treatment, which is weekly group and individual therapy, as well as medication management. We have peer recovery support services. We have an intensive level program, which means nine hours a week, so that person receives weekly groups and individuals in a more intensive level of care, um, as well as um, mental health services. So we have a dual diagnosis group to treat individuals suffering from both mental illness as well as substance use conditions. We provide medication management for psychiatric conditions. We promote Vivitrol. Vivitrol is a, is a once a month injection that helps 
curb someone's cravings for, oh, can you hear me? Sorry, thank you. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, curb someone's cravings um, for alcohol or opiates. Um, so that has been beneficial. We um, have a reentry program, so we provide that treatment in our local detention center. So individuals are right before they are to be released, they receive the vitriol injection, and then they can resume aftercare at our facility. Um, we provide Suboxone tapers um, as well as um, so that's about that for that. So for our um, Youth and Adolescents program, um, we provide a psychiatric rehabilitation program and are in the process of expanding our services to treat a variety of individuals um, and youth in the community. We've recently been taking at both facilities more private insurance as well as Medicaid, Medicare, and sliding, sliding scale fee services. So we're trying to expand our services throughout the community. Um, and our third division is the Local Addictions Authority, which is more of a systems-based um, division that focuses on grants in the community, our local overdose fatality review team, which reviews overdoses in the community to look at gaps and trends and any other interventions that could have been made to help those individuals that were suffering. They also provide naloxone education and distribution um, and grant management and provider relations in the community. Do you guys have any questions? Okay, hi everybody. Um, last but not least, uh, I'm Jean Toth and I'm the director of the Clinical Health Bureau. And we have several programs at different locations uh, throughout the county in the health department. Um, in, so in Edgewood, we have our family planning program, which is just basic GYN and birth control clinics. We have a communicable disease program, which is really all about prevention and treatment. And within that program, we do an STD clinic, uh, a PrEP clinic, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. Uh, we also investigate reportable diseases, for which there's about, I think, 80. Uh, in the state of Maryland, so if we get any positive lab results for any of those 80 infections, we help our uh, epidemiologists down at the state try to determine maybe where it came from, you know, with the hopes of prevention uh, of further infections. So um, basically the communicable disease program is all about prevention and treatment. We also have an immunization clinic. We have a perinatal hepatitis B prevention program. We also see asylees coming into the country um, for various reasons. Um, and we just make sure that they have all their vaccinations, they have a health assessment done, um, we make sure they're hooked up with their insurance. Get their vaccinations. So, uh, we also have a human rabies case management, which we kind of team up with environmental. So, if someone has uh, uh, a risk of rabies because they've been exposed by an animal bite, we do an assessment to determine whether they should go ahead and be vaccinated for uh, prevention of rabies. Um, so, in Edgewood, we also have our cancer prevention program with the whole goal of um, screening those folks who are uninsured or underinsured. 
So we have screening programs for breast and cervical cancer, for colorectal cancer, and also for lung cancer. Uh, that's pretty much it in Edgewood. Now, um, in Bel Air at One North Main, we have our health services division, and they do HIV case management. There's some homeless services there. Uh, also, our TB case management is up at One North Main. And we do also have a family planning clinic, um, which includes some STD and prep work, also up at One North Main. Um, at 120 uh, in Bel Air, we have our emergency preparedness division, uh, and that is um, the goal there is, is just really to keep everybody safe in the event of emergency. Um, we have also in Swan Creek, we have our public health education, partially located there, um, partially located in Edgewood, and that includes tobacco education and cessation. Um, we go into the schools and do some instruction, um, you know, with the whole goal of prevention. Um, some cessation programs also we do in the county. Um, we, we partner with other other agencies for that, and we also have a tobacco enforcement piece of that. Um, public health education, and that's just going around into the uh, community and making sure that uh, folks are uh, selling tobacco um, according to the law. So that's pretty much it for Clinical Health Bureau. Any questions? I want to thank everybody for allowing us to come out and do this. Hopefully everything worked out fine. Uh, now we got to do it all over because we got you know forgot to hit the record button, <laughs> but it's okay. It'll go quick. I promise me it will. Um, <laughs> also, I encourage you to <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> the podcast posts every Monday morning at eight. And with the health department, it's always the first Monday. And if you get a chance, go back and listen to some of them because. You know, it's not just talking about what they do. We also, on the podcast, I think I threw uh, Ronnie and a couple of them for a loop the last time because I asked them how and why they got into the health department, you know, into this field. And it opened my eyes. I was impressed. So, um, and of course, you know, we make, well, some of them crack on me a lot too. So, uh, but also, if you have any ideas, for a podcast. This is for Harford County. We're, we, that's My goal is to push anything in Harford County. Just contact me, let me know. Um, you know, we've had musicians on, artists. We had a big one about the snakehead fish. Uh, actually, thanks to these guys, we had Susquehanna River Fishing Club on, and it was thanks to them that I actually finally uh, got to eat some snakehead. And let me tell you, if you haven't tried it yet, you have to. It is awesome. One of the best fish I ever had yet. So, But once again, I want to thank you all and you know, look forward to more future ones. And hopefully we can do this again. Uh-oh, what? Can I just ask you again, how sure. do we access the podcast? How do you access yes. the podcast? Where do we? Well, there's several ways. <laughs> you can go straight to HartfordCountyLiving.com, and there's a tab that says podcast. Okay. You can search on iTunes for Harford County Living. You can search on Spotify for Harford County Living, TuneIn Radio. 
basically, whatever you listen to your podcast on any Android device and all, just search for Hartford County Living, and it'll come up. So, no more questions. Thanks a lot, everybody. because if it wasn't for him, he really does a great job of getting the word out um, and sharing everything that we share on social media. And the podcast, um, Rania sends them out monthly to all staff, so you can usually access them that way also. So thank you all. And my roof needed some repair. And I actually had three roofing companies come out, look at my roof, and give me an estimate on it. Needless to say, it seems like, well, the first one, once they found out that I didn't want to get the whole roof done, I never heard back from them. The other two companies more or less were the same way and they didn't just want to, you know, fix a section. Well, lo and behold, I met this young gentleman named Joe Ayler who owns Tar Heel Construction Group. He came out, he looked at my roof and basically took care of everything. And the work that his crew did was phenomenal. But the main thing is they take pride in doing what they're doing. I mean, they got up there. These guys, it was amazing. It was like watching artists at work. They literally took that much pride into what they were doing. Afterwards, of course, you know, I was getting ready to go into the backyard and pick up some of the debris and everything. And these guys said, no, 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 we have it. Let, let us clean everything up. And they did. They went throughout my whole yard and actually even next door and picked up, you know, all the trash they could see, went around with the sweeper, picked up the nails or whatever. But that's just shows how much they care about the customer as well. So if you want to get a new roof, new siding, new windows, chimneys, gutters, whatever, I, I encourage you, please call Tar Hill Construction Group. Their phone number is 410-638-7021. Again, that's 410-638-7021. And you can also go online at TarHeelConstructionGroup.com. That's TarHeelConstructionGroup.com. And when you call them, tell them Rich of Harford County Living sent you. So I am sitting here today. I have a young lady on that is a very talented photographer, Emily Adolph. And she's got something very special, especially if you run a nonprofit. Oh, she's got something special for you. But if you just need photography in general, you want to get a hold of her. So how are you doing, Emily? I'm doing good, Rich. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure. Tell us what it is that you are, this special that you're running. Yeah. so Special from, for special people because you're special, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what I'm offering is free photography services to nonprofits here in Harford County. And mm -hmm. um, initially I was running it from now until the end of June, but what I've decided to do is extend it out. Um, so now I'm right. offering it from now until um, the end of August. So until August 31st, that, that, you know, weekend um, figured, you know, it's a, it's a busy time of year season for mm -hmm. you know, nonprofits having events in the summertime. Um, but yeah, really just want to support, help nonprofits capture, you know, moments and, and the, um, experiences of the events that they're hosting without having to, you know, worry about funding the photographer. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about, you know, what I'm, I'm giving back to the community. 
Which is great because a lot of your nonprofits don't take photos of their events, yeah. and they should be on their websites. I agree. You know, even for upcoming events, you know, it's nice if you had the photos from last year to to ask, hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is how good it is. Yeah. And also, but you also do other types of photography in case somebody wants to hire you, right? I do. Yeah, I do portraits, families, event, you know, other events, musicians, bands. Those are my, my key focuses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how does somebody hire you? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, they would just go to my website. So it's www.emilyadolf.com. So that's E-M-I-L-Y-A-D-O-L-P-H.com. Well, first of all, thank you for doing that because that's awesome. Thank and you. especially now, for, a lot of your nonprofits are struggling yeah. because you're just like all of us, inflation's hitting them hard. Yep. You know, and you have, you know, some venues around that shut down. So some of them are struggling to find a place. And yep. here you are reaching out to help. And for those of you that don't know about Emily, this is, Emily just loves to help people out. Yeah, I do. So. Help her out as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hire her for your photography needs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Rich.